This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to mash that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review. Five stars is uh, appreciated, not required, but kind of is required. So definitely do that. So in this segment, we're going to talk about Saints fantasy football. And which Saints players are going as values at their current draft position. And we're going to get into this now because I think, generally speaking, a lot of fantasy drafts happen this weekend. I have one that's going to happen uh, the first week of September. But I think this is kind of the sweet spot for drafting because you want to wait until the end of the preseason if you can, just in case someone tears their ACL and you don't want to have your first round pick get hurt before you ever get a, to watch them play a game. Uh, Cause that has happened to me before. I can't remember who it was, but I drafted someone in the second round and they were done. Like I never even got to see him on the field. That's always a nightmare. I, I agree. You always want to wait to the second, third, or I mean, it was even the fourth preseason game at one point, but yeah, we're, you're not waiting to see, Oh my God, is this guy going to make the 53 man roster? You're not, you're not worried about that for fantasy football at all. Yeah, no, you, you want to, you want to wait until the teams cut down the rosters and see where you see where you are. But so that's what we're going to get into today. And so let's just kind of go through each player in their average draft position. And we'll kind of run this against what we saw in our listener league that we drafted for earlier in the week. So Steve, the first player who will be drafted in every draft from the saints is pretty obvious. It's Alvin Kamara. Where do you think his average draft position is? I would put him still a top 10 person. So I'll say number 10. I know that there's the lingering concerns over his uh, possible suspension, but the way things are looking right now, that's still getting pushed to the back burner. Maybe something could happen midseason, but to start the year, at least, I'm pretty confident that he's going to be out there week one. And from what we've seen in training camp, he's definitely looking like a guy that is going to shine on the field for you. You know what he's capable of. And I still think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. So I, I do have him like around nine ten in fantasy football overall. So that's where you think he should be going. Right. Well, if that's the case, then, you know, it, 
and this is kind of different because I think in New Orleans leagues, he will go earlier. In our listener league, he went at number nine. But his average draft position across all fantasy football leagues is 16.5. Wow. So if you think, if you're in a league that's not, you know, all New Orleans people, right? That's obviously the caveat of, uh, you know, some of these differences. Sure. Um, but if you're in a league, like I'm in a league with some people back in South Carolina where I used to live. And uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to take get him at like, you know, 13, 14. And that's a steal in my opinion because I still think that he's not going to get suspended this year. I, I was surprised, actually, he went even ninth in our in our local league. I think that's what that number is baking in, the idea that he might miss six games. But So you're gambling, you know, and it's not the worst gamble because I think that if he isn't suspended, he's going to end up being a top three running back. You know, the downturn in his stats last season, I don't put that on him. I put that on an offense with no weapons. And, you know, go look at the second half of that Seattle game. And watch how they just bracketed him coming out of the backfield. You know, like that that's what you saw from a lot of teams. And the one half that they really didn't do it, he had 10 catches. So, like, that's where, you know, I think you're going to have a much easier time with Michael Thomas, with Jarvis Landry, with Chris Olave. You're not going to be able to just double the running back. You're not going to be able to sit in single coverage on the outside and expect to win. So it's going to be a lot easier for Alvin to kind of make hay in the running game. So as long as he's out there, if he plays 14 plus games, I think you've stolen a a top five pick in the second round. So I think I'm taking him if he gets beyond 10. Yeah. And I I think the big comparison would be Christian McCaffrey with folks for Alvin Kamara. And I'm seeing a lot of, I guess overdrafting I'm feeling with him with, with McCaffrey just because of his injury history and you know, he's going to get a heavy workload obviously there in Carolina, but can he stay on the field? And he just hasn't been able to do that over the past few years. But when he is, he's obviously very productive. I'm not, I'm not knocking him as a player. I'm just saying I, I definitely worry more about him missing time than I would Alvin Kamara right now. Right. I'd be more concerned about taking McCaffrey in the top five than I would be about taking Alvin in the top 12. Because, you know, you're talking about maybe Alvin misses six games. Christian's track record is at least six games missed. Like he's played 10 games in the last two seasons. So games missed are games missed, whether they're injuries or suspensions. And I don't see why you would feel way more confident about Christian McCaffrey's ability to play more than 12 games this season then you would out though take that for what it is i think that 16 and a half that draft position that average draft position is a steal but we can we can move on to another really interesting player is michael thomas where would you peg him if you if you were picking michael thomas where would you want him to be before you felt comfortable with it for me i'd probably think either the third or fourth round of an a fantasy draft and, you're, and i'm thinking like a 10 to 12 team leagues uh so anywhere from around 26 to 30 something i guess for for michael thomas well 26 would feel really early because you're talking early third round pick and there's still some really really you know confident you know players you can be really confident in whereas i think mike you still have some question marks about what his usage is going to be you know and that's so second round early third that's tough like some of the early third round picks here you know saquon barkley went 22 like that's the type of player that you're getting. You know, Keenan Allen was 23. A.J. Brown was 40th. Terry McLaurin, 42. Pat Mahomes was 43 in our listener league. So, like, you're still seeing – you still have really, really attractive names on the board 
Um, and this is a 10 team league, which makes it hard for me to swing Michael Thomas in the, in the early third round, but his average draft position is 47.3. So that's, and I think, yeah, I think that's about right. I would take him as early as like 40. I think I was get I was getting geared up to potentially take him in our league and he went 38. So yeah, that, that, that's, that's a fair slot. I think even for a new Orleans league, even that's pretty impressive actually. Yeah. I was surprised people were that patient. Um, they were patient on him. They were patient on Taysom Hill, but yeah, I think it's, this is another situation where if you're drafting in new Orleans, you're going to have a hard time getting value out of, out of Michael, Michael Scott, Michael Thomas. Like if this is a new Orleans league, you're going to have a hard time getting value there, but I would be surprised if he goes before early fourth round in the league that in, in cause the two QB leagues. So you end up with a lot of early quarterback picks. And so like in those leagues, you have a really good chance. If you're confident in Michael Thomas, go take a swing on him in the 35 to 40, 40 range. And I think, you know, that's fair. That's, that's value. Um, before the hamstring injury, he was getting a lot of pub and a lot of big, you know, that people were, we were all blowing him up at practice saying how good he looked and can't guard Mike is back. But I, but maybe that hamstring tweak is kind of, kind of puts a damper on his progress. No, but I think, I think what you're describing is why local leagues are a lot harder to get him in because we are hyping him up. And I think we all do feel pretty confident about his ability to get on the field and be effective but I think from a national perspective, there is a there's a negative perception of what this offense is going to do, which, you know, might be fair because we just haven't seen it. There's so many pieces of it we haven't seen. But I think that that's why you're seeing these guys go a little lower than you might have expected. 16 is way too low for Camara. If you can steal Michael Thomas, you know, at 48, you know, at the final pick of the fourth round of a 12 team league. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, that's that upside is really hard to pass up. Who do you think is next on the ADP list for the Saints? Who uh, I would guess it would be Jameis Winston, that quarterback, just because of the value you have at the position. Nope. Uh, Olave? Yep. Okay. Chris Olave is the third highest drafted Saints player by average draft position. And it's not high. There's a big drop off. His average draft position is 125.4. So that's, you know, uh, I mean, wow. do the, do, I, I have to do the math here. Let's see. The 12-team <laughs> league, you're talking 10th round. So you can get Chris Olave in the 10th round. I think that's probably right. <laughs> I mean. You said 10th round for Olave? Uh, yeah, 10th round. You could get Olave yeah. in the 10th round of most fantasy league drafts in a 12-team league. Wow, that that seems really low though to me as well just from the fact that you know obviously the Saints invested a lot of them and a lot in him. We've seen him thriving at camp. Got a little taste of the end zone last week, obviously preseason, but I, I would think he'd be higher than the 10th round. That seems really low to me. I, I would I would put him around the 6th or 7th round, I think. I mean, in our 10 team league, he went in the 11th round. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I think, I, I don't know, I think that's about right for a rookie wide receiver. But yeah, it's another situation where I think the addition of Jarvis Landry and the return of Michael Thomas is going to hurt his value in the eyes of people. And that's why he might be further down on the list. If we were not as confident in Michael Thomas, and it felt like, man, he's going to get peppered with targets all season long, I think that would be a lot higher. And so would Jarvis. But because of that scenario, it's a little tougher to trust. And again, 
we're talking about nationally, people don't trust Jameis. So definitely that kind of filters down to his receivers. Um, and did I think you, that's what you're seeing. Did you say where Landry is compared to Olave yet or no? So, yeah. So the next two are Jameis Winston and Jarvis Landry. Jameis is going off at the 158 mark. So Jameis, you know, and you're and at 158, you're flirting with not getting drafted at all in like a 10 team league. You know, that's, that's the 15th round. In a 12-team league, that's the 13th round. So Jameis and Jarvis could be had in the 13th round of your draft. Let's see where he went in our league. For, for me there, I'm definitely a lot higher on Jarvis Landry as a fantasy player than Winston. Yeah. Uh, just because of, obviously, track record with Landry and what we've seen in camp. Man, he's he's made some really impressive grabs and just – uh, exudes it's exuding a ton of confidence right now, especially as we're wrapping things up. And I just think he's a, a steady target that you can rely on. In our league, Jameis went 159 overall, so that's pretty spot on. <laughs> what right. I think I said is his average draft position is 158.3, he went at 159 in our draft, so we nailed it. Christian took him with his last pick, but then yeah, let's see where Jarvis went. I bet Jarvis went way higher. Yeah, Jarvis was the number 95 pick. So that might be the biggest Saints reach relative to like the average draft position because his ADP is 160 and he got taken by, okay, that guy who also took Josh Allen as his number one overall pick. He got taken number 90, at number 95 overall, which is like the ninth round or the 10th round in our league, yeah. With, with Jarvis in a local league too, you got the the Saints obvious connection, and then also your LSU connection. So that get, your ADP gets boosted up locally with uh, when you're a Saint and a Tiger. Yeah, but I will tell you if you if you are a person who wants to reach for Michael Thomas, then you should reach for Jarvis Landry. You should make sure that you get Jarvis because while it might be tough to start both of them, if either of them misses a game, which I think it's fair to wonder about Mike Thomas missing games. You know, Jarvis is all of a sudden a wide receiver one. So I think I'm not a huge fan of handcuffs in fantasy. I think they just take up roster spots and you can usually stream a better option than the guy you have been wasting a roster spot on. I think in this case, just knowing what we know about Michael Thomas, if you have drafted Michael Thomas in the first five rounds, then you should be reaching for Jarvis before pick like 110 because he will go eventually and you just want to make sure that you have that handcuff because I think it's going to be important. And Chris Olave is not the handcuff. He will not be the handcuff of Michael Thomas. I'm definitely a big more fan of the handcuff proponent when it comes to running backs uh, just because, you know, if, if I'm taking Alvin Kamara, I'm definitely going to find a way to, to add Ingram uh, later on in the draft just in case kind of thing. And I think that's just a good practice in general for backs just because, you know, it's a lot easier to spread around catches than it is carries yeah i don't know i always felt like it just seems like you can tend to stream guys better than like i don't know if mark ingram is going to be worth starting even if ak does miss time just because you don't know how that's going to platoon behind him but yeah it's fair i think with camara this year for sure if you're taking camara you should be trying to get your hands on mark ingram because that at least shields you from the suspension Right. Because you're not talking about missing one game where you can stream somebody and hope you're talking about a third of the season. Um, and so you can't just sit around and, and hope to stream enough guys. 
But in, in most cases, if you have a reasonably healthy running back and the backup isn't really that good, you know, if it's not a guy who you would start, even if he was the starter, then I then don't waste a roster spot on handcuffs. But I think Ingram and Landry are important ones this year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Curious, with, with the ADP you're looking at, after you have Mike Thomas, Landry, Olave, who do they have as the next receiver for the saints that would be drafted is it is it hardy is it callaway it's i mean these are all undrafted guys at this point you know once you get to to like 200 you know you're in the final round uh, right and then the rest like you'll get an average draft position but we don't need to worry about 40 round draft leagues that have way too much free time you know <laughs> but okay so just a question who would you guess is the next the next saints fantasy pick we, in ADP. We, ha- we haven't talked tight end yet, so I'm going to say Taysom over Troutman. No. And is it Troutman then or no? No, it's the defense. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. got you. Yeah. The defense is uh, 191. I think they're probably being underdrafted. Um, I think that's another example of, you know, if you're able to get your hands on a defense, I still don't think you should be picking a defense before like the 15th round. Right. You know, before like the second to last round, your last two picks should be defense and kicker. But I do think that there is some value in making that the four, your 14th round pick. Like everyone's going to be going after a defense in that second to last round. And then they're going to be going against for a kicker in the last round. So, one thing I like to do so, if it's a 16 round draft, one thing I like to do is okay, I'm not, I'm not waiting. I'm taking the defense I want in the 13th round. Right. Well, I- I think too in leagues, obviously someone's going to take that Bills defense probably early, and then it creates a run of of teams. Yeah, you you'll know? see a couple a couple defenses go early, but you shouldn't get you shouldn't get sucked into that. But yeah. I do want to pick the defense I like out of the teams that are remaining. So if there's three defenses gone, I still want to be able to pick who I think is going to be the fourth or fifth best defense. And by by doing that one round early, right, you're you're avoiding the the rush at the end. So you can pick your defense. And then the next round, you pick the kicker you want. And then in the final round, you just pick whatever best position player you have, you can pick. I got my Cole Hardman in my final pick in our league. And I think that's like, if you really want to get your hands on the Saints defense, I, that's the strategy I would go with is wait until the third to last round and, and take the Saints if they're still on the table, which they probably won't be in a New Orleans league. Not in league. New Orleans league, right, exactly. But that's usually how I end up getting the defense I want. Yeah, and I, that's one thing I love, love, love streaming defenses week to week, uh, looking at the matchups, especially, you know, you go in ahead of time and you see, you know, you're in week one, hey, who, who is so-and-so playing next week? And you pick them up, stash them on your bench the, the prior week heading into that, that matchup. Uh, that's the biggest one for me. If, you know, I know a lot of folks stream kickers and all too, but uh, defense is a big one. I think I even named my team streaming defense as one year. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can't even. Well, I think I named my team Dee's Lutz. Um, but <laughs> Lutz is a great fantasy pickup this year too because he's looked healthy. And I don't know if the national rankings are going to be so high on him. No, people are going to forget about him. He's a kicker playing in New Orleans. You know, I think we know how good he is, but why would anyone outside of this market know how good he is, right? So I think that's a he's a guy you might be able to steal in the last round when in reality, there's always people who reach for kickers. And yeah. I put him right behind Justin Tucker in terms of reliability when he's healthy. Yeah, he might get a little bit of push or buzz because hitting that 59-yarder everybody saw in that Green Bay game. So that's true. That, that's that, true. that'll boost his fantasy stock for sure. Yeah, he hit a 59-yarder outdoors. Exactly. You know, that's yeah, that's impressive. He did have the wind helping him, but, like, that's, it that's how it works. It wasn't a significant win, sure, but, yeah, I hear you. I mean, yeah, right. But like you're you're going to have the wind on your side when you try to kick a 59 yard field goal. You wouldn't be trying a 59 yarder if the wind was blowing in your face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like and he's a guy I got in the second to last round because, like I said, I want to be able to get that pick in before the people who are drafting the correct way. So I'm just taking advantage of people being smart by kind of being a jerk. <laughs> uh, but I think that's what you have to do with fantasy football. That's kind of the deal. Okay, so the last few, the next few. The defense, Will Lutz is is up there. Adam Troutman is the next one with an actual ADP. He's going right at the tail end of drafts, which I think is wrong. I think if you're trying to pick a Saints tight end that might have a season that will get you, you know, at least a fantasy relevant season, you should be going for Taysom. And we can talk about this. One of the reasons he's going so low in drafts, especially ESPN drafts, which is where we did this league, is they have him projected for seven catches and 77 yards the entire season. The entire season. Seven catches for 77 yards. I would bet on him doing that in at least one game individually. Yeah, I joked with you week one against Atlanta. That's a possibility. Right. Well, that's just a wild thing to me. Like, so, you know, this is a guy who, sure, he might, you might not want him as your as your top tight end. Like I took Travis Kelsey early. Because the draft is going weird, and I just wanted to make sure I got the top option at tight end, and I got him in like the third round, which which is way earlier than I like to go at tight end. But I've always been like, if you're going to take a tight end early, it should it has to be the best one, or like or like the top three, one of the top three, because beyond that, it's a huge drop off. So like, I wanted kind of a a low end kind of shot play at tight end behind Travis Kelsey, just in case he misses a game and I have someone I can plug in because James is going to score. I'm sorry. Taysom is going to score touchdowns. Y'all he's going to score touchdowns, whether he gets the yardage, whether he gets, you know, he might get 40, 50 receptions. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to vulture him like an animal. And he might be, if I had to bet on this really weird statistic that I'm going to make up right now, of all the undrafted players in leagues, like a guy who is being undrafted or is owned in like less than 50% of leagues, he is going to finish the season with the most touchdowns by far of any of them. Because I could see him scoring 10, 12 touchdowns under the right circumstances. And that's a that's a fantasy dynamo. Yeah, I think you could describe maybe Taysom as like the, you know, people say the punt god for whoever. I, I would have him as my flex god because you're going to have him tight end, wide receiver, uh, running back, even special teams, uh, if your league is going to count yardage for that, he might end up contributing there as well. Um, block punts, maybe. I don't even know if our league has that in, into like anything uh, accounted for statistics. But 
there's just so many options for him to be able to give you uh, any points for, for doing yardage, scoring. I'm, I'm very curious to see exactly what he's going to do, obviously, with this, this team this year. But I, I just feel that he's a guy that can, you can plug in anywhere on the field and he's going to give you uh, a great amount of versatility for uh, fantasy football just all, all around. And even if it's not, t- not tight end, like I said, wide receiver and running back, you know when they get goal- that down to the goal line, they're going to use him, uh, I would assume, still at, at quarterback in that run-pass option. Yeah, I mean, run fact, up the middle. The fact is he's going to get touches. Like – that's that's honestly the thing that annoys me about the the SBN projection is like we can project that he's not going to be effective and maybe he's not going to take advantage of his role this year. And at this time next year, we're like, well, that was fun, but it didn't work out. There's no scenario where he just is not part of the offense this year. So, you know, that's the part of it that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, if his projection on the low end should be 25 catches, 20 rushes, four or five touchdowns, maybe maybe 800 total yards. You know, 800 might be high, maybe like 600 total yards. You know, that should be his low-end projection. And that's if everything doesn't work out, if he gets hurt, if he misses a couple games. So, like, he's a guy who, in at the tight end position where your options down toward the end of the draft are just awful. Very slim, right. You know, I like, he's my weakest... It always seems to be my weakest position. That's why I ended up, I think, round five, uh, five. I grabbed Kittle this year, and I'm just hoping he stays healthy because I've had terrible luck in the years with tight ends. Yeah, it's everyone's weakest position outside of, like, the top three tight ends in the league because there's just not that many of them. And, like, the only the only really consistent one has been Travis Kelsey because he's just been, you know, healthy for six, six straight years. And then, like, Zach Ertz was up there for a while, but he's fallen off. But, yeah, I, I think that... Taysom has a chance to be a top 10 tight end just because the position is so, so, you know, top heavy and, and depleted once you get past the top, top four. So um, yeah, that's, that's my take on that. Yeah. Plus uh, I totally agree with you there just because too, like I said, it's like, he's more than just a tight end as well. And you're going to get the numbers from that along with, you know, everything he, when he lines up a tight end wide receiver, running back quarterback and special teams too. I'm just, just all around guy that, uh, what what round you got him in in our league? Uh, I probably took him earlier than I had to, but someone was asking about him in the chat, and they right, couldn't find him because they spelled his name wrong. And uh, so I made sure to get him. Got him in the twelfth round. Yeah, that's that to me is is a, a nice bargain and great value for you, uh, someone that you know that you can. A, every game too, whatever the matchup is, you you're going to get something out of Taysom on a game day. Right, and the and the reason I took him there was because uh, my next pick was the bat my my second quarterback because I don't I have Trey Lance as my starter and I wanted to make sure I had another guy. Then I took like I said I took Will Lutz, I took the Colts defense, and then I took Mecole with my last pick. So like that was my last like I don't have a thing that I need to take with this pick. Yeah, and I knew he wasn't going to make it till the final pick. So that's where I felt like I needed to take him. But yeah. I, I just wanted to have one Saints player on my team because he's, you know, oh, I have two now. But, yeah, I wanted to have one Saints position player on my team just in case, you know. It's it's nice to root for the home team, obviously, yeah. Now, how far is T- Troutman behind Hill in the tight end rankings? Well, well, Taysom is actually behind Troutman in the actual okay. rankings. wow. <laughs> and I don't think Adam Troutman went in our league. <laughs> didn't. 
Adam Troutman went undrafted in this New Orleans-based fantasy league. That's that's a big wow. And I think it's fair because I don't think he's going to do anything. I think he might be a productive tight end. You know, I think he might be a valuable guy, but I still don't think he's going to be a fantasy-relevant guy because yeah, Taysom's going to vulture his touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. You know, like you, you look at the tight ends over the years, where would you put maybe like Troutman's production? I might even say like a below Ben Watson even kind of thing. Yeah, he's been a Josh Hill. Um, that's that's who he's been is Josh Hill to this point. And that's not exactly the exciting answer you wanted. But, you know, if Josh Hill was a good player, he stuck around for a long time that he had value. And so I, the question I have is, can Troutman stay healthy? And right now, now it's not. looking like the answer is no. Um, and so if that's the case, then that's even a more reason to feel confident about Taysom because Trout, his role is is blocking is important, but he also gets a lot of the routes. And you're not going to replace him with Vinette. I don't think Jawan is the guy you're going to trust in those kind of uh, early down roles so i think that's even more more room for Taysom to grow so i think Taysom, if you are looking for a saints player that you can grab in the final three rounds of your draft and and has a chance to well exceed his um projections even Taysom's the guy reasonable projections it's Taysom. totally agree on that a lot of these saints players are going really low generally speaking so if you want them they're there to have which is kind of funny because over the years, obviously the Saints offense so highly touted, but you had Drew Brees, and then the big question was, well, Drew spreads it around so much, who else should you get? Yeah, and now you and now it's Jameis who know what he trusts, so you can steal some of these some of these players, and you know they might have a point because even if this team plays well, I don't know if it's going to be an offensive juggernaut just because it doesn't have to be. You know, if you're winning games twenty five to nothing, you're dominating those games, you're not putting up a ton of fantasy points. But so, this this offense is not going to be last in passing yards per game this year kind of thing. No, but I also think like in an ideal scenario where you're winning games the way you want to win them, you are not in high-scoring games. So you're not in games where you can support, you know, five val- viable fantasy starters. Um, so I think that's kind of – I think that's fair. I think Alvin Kamara is insulated from that completely because he's going to be kind of a set-it-and-forget-it player. But everyone behind him – I can understand some of the concern over a, a lack of usage. Yeah, I, I get you. And if I, if I had to have one saying, obviously it's going to be Alvin Kamara. And and then after that, it's the defense. So I, I totally get it. And then it would probably be, you know, I'm looking at Will Lutz, honestly, because I, I know you're going to have consistency there. Uh, he plays for the, for the most part indoors. Later on in the season, we got some, potential bad weather games obviously in philly and cleveland they're late late in the season but yeah the but the offensive numbers for this team are going to be drastically improved from a year ago one all the injuries two the inconsistencies along the offensive line the, the quarterbacking we can go on and on with that i'm just not i'm not completely sold obviously on Jameis either as a a top tier option at quarterback for fantasy wise no. Well, I mean, again, this is a New Orleans league, and he was the in, went in the final round as a backup. Uh, so I think that 
the the question about what he can do from a fantasy perspective is reasonable um and we'll have to see but okay i think that's enough fantasy let's get back to reality we're going to close out with our spotlight players for friday's matchup against the chargers we've already picked them out we're ready to go and then we'll try we'll get into a couple uh viewer questions if we have time in the back end of that but stick around here on inside black and gold and make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts